Steve Dale here on WGN, and I'm so happy to say that Brandon Johnson, Cook County Commissioner, is here after 2.30. Paul Vallis will be here. Uh, this is the, the many are undecided, right? So this is your opportunity to make a decision. Our telephone number, 312-981-7200. You can call, you can text your questions. However, many questions I intend to ask both candidates the same or similar questions, beginning with uh, Brandon Johnson, first of all. How you holding up, sir? Hey, thanks for having me on again. I'm doing well. Uh, moving around the city, there's so much excitement, so much en- energy, so much love. Um, this multicultural, intergenerational movement, black, brown, white, Asian, young, old, working class, middle class, low income, those struggling in poverty, people have come together because they want a better, stronger, safer Chicago. And they're excited about this campaign and, and how it has ignited the city of Chicago and in a very dramatic, positive way. So I feel good. I'm feeling the energy and love from the city of Chicago. Well, I begin with public transit here, uh, a topic that both candidates have talked about, but I'll ask you again, uh, beginning with safety. I mean, what we're doing now clearly is not working. What would you do? Yeah, it's unreliable. So one of the things that we have to do right away is to make sure that we actually have lead- we have leadership that's prepared to show up when called upon. Um, so that's that's thing one. The second thing is we have to have a reliable, um, accurate schedule so that riders um, can anticipate um, when trains, buses will actually arrive. Look, my family, we rely upon public transportation. It's important um, that we have a, a system that, that, that is accurate. The third thing is, of course, we do have to address the fact that, you know, the public transportation system is inaccessible. Um, especially for individuals with disabilities. So we start to expand that process of making sure the green line in particular, which is one of the most inequitable lines, is the line that I use. It touches the west and south sides of the city of Chicago. We have to make sure that we have bus-only lanes, expand those traffic signals that give preference to bus lanes, buses, so that they can move quicker. Many people do not live close enough to, to, to the L, and so they rely upon the bus to do that. You know, of course, we have to create a workforce that, that, that people feel good about showing up to work every day. And that requires us to pay people a real wage. But we also have to create a pathway to CDL. So using and taking advantage of our education system to actually promote that so that young people have a clear connection between graduation and economic opportunities. These are some of the things that we can do immediately. Of course, planning long term to really challenge our infrastructure to make it um, a system that moves quicker we have to collaborate. We can do that right away with the city, with the county and the federal government, the state as well. I did it as a Cook County commissioner. We brought um, Metra and Pace together. CTA did not come to the table. To the table, we'll do that once I'm mayor of the city of Chicago. Are you talking about a new director for the CTA? It's clear that the current leadership has just been um, unwilling to participate um, in many of the collective conversations that we've had around public transportation. Um, it doesn't. I, I don't get the impression that this is a position that this person wants to keep. What about uh, public safety on the CTA, which is what I initially asked you about? So I know you've talked about it before. I, I'm sure you're not trying to evade anything regarding that. It's an important topic for you. Well, it is. And, and, and just public safety is not just simply about surveillance. I mean, what I was providing was full context of how you have a safer system when it's not reliable. I've been a public school teacher. When you have idle systems, that's when the greatest proclivity for the type of um, nonsense that can happen in spaces like public transportation. But we also have to keep in mind that there are 65,000 plus 
people in the city of Chicago who are unhoused. And so you're seeing a great deal of manifestation of the trauma in the city of Chicago plays out in our public transportation system. And so I've said repeatedly, um, we need to have more adults and particularly mental health providers. And we can do that right away. That can connect individuals to services and resources. So we want to make sure that we do that. Um, and that is the start in the right direction. The, the, the fact of the matter is this, that in order to have a reliable, safe transportation system, you have to invest in that system. I'm the only person in this race who has made a commitment to making those critical investments and doing it without raising property taxes. Okay, so that brings me to taxes, everyone's favorite topic. So, all right, commitment not to raise property taxes. How about taxes for small businesses? And you mentioned hotel taxes, and I think you're talking about only if I am uh, incorrect. Uh, you will correct me, but I think a dollar per night or something. But already, if you're visiting Chicago, you're paying $20 plus a night for all these extra expenses. So, yes, it's only one more dollar, but it is one more dollar. Can you comment on taxes for small businesses, for large businesses? If they are large businesses, how do you intend then to attract them if you're charging more for taxes and then Additionally, I'm asking you like five questions all at once. Forgive me for that. So go ahead and give it a go. Well, look, here's the bottom line is we have a structural deficit. In my budget plan, we we eliminate the structural deficit that my opponent caused. Now, he doesn't want to admit to it, and why would he, right? I mean, who wants to admit that they're a failure? That's very hard for him, and I understand why. But the structural deficit, we find efficiencies in our budget, cost savings, significant cost savings. We also raise revenue up to $250 million annually. So that's $1 billion over the course of four years. $250 million annually is not a significant, quite frankly, it's actually pretty modest, um, you know, revenue growth. And we do it without raising property taxes. So let's just make sure we make that point clear. Now, second point, if you look at what we have proposed, the city of Chicago overwhelmingly supported a fair tax structure. 71% said yes to it. And I understand why they said yes to it, because that's what most Democrats do agree. Much like President Biden indicated, a teacher and a firefighter should not be paying the same tax rate as a billionaire and a millionaire. It's just, it's structurally insolvent. Now to the last part of your question about how we attract businesses. The way we attract businesses to the city of Chicago is by having a safe Chicago That is the biggest concern that all of us have, and it's a serious problem. It is a very serious problem. I mentioned this to you when I was on your show the last time. Mm -hmm. I live in Austin. Austin is a beautiful community on the west side of Chicago, but it is one of the most violent neighborhoods in the entire city. No one gets it in this race more than I do. When you live in a community as beautiful as Austin is, but it has experienced a tremendous amount of disinvestment, we have what... 350, well over 300 murders over the course of four years, homicides. Like, look, that's that's the challenge that we have in Chicago, and I'm putting that as mildly as I can. This is actually quite a severe problem. And so businesses like the biotech companies that want to be here, life sciences, logistics, 25% of our downtown is vacant. So we have to reimagine that. It's not just simply about you know, creating um, more opportunities for businesses to come here and grow here. We got to do that. But there are people who work downtown, who clean the windows, who work in the restaurants. Shouldn't they also be able to afford to live in the very community that they work in? 
That's the type of Chicago that we want. We want a, a united city. And you need someone who loves the city enough that's, and, and that's willing to invest in that city. And so we can attract businesses and people back to the city of Chicago by making sure that we have a smart public safety plan, an investment plan that prioritizes people. In fact, when you mention small businesses, I've made this clear that 50% of the goods and services, the contracts that are awarded in this city should go to minority-owned and women-owned businesses. We should be promoting that. We should be targeting neighborhoods that have been harmed the most. We get to have a dual track. Here's my basic principle. No one should be too poor to live in one of the richest cities and one of the wealthiest countries at the richest time in the history of the world. There's more than enough for everyone. And that's why my candidacy has caught fire to capture the imagination of people around this city because they know that I'm uniting this city. The city wants a leader who can collaborate, who's compassionate, who's competent, who is always going to tell you the truth. All right, that's so very, very quickly here, because I've got to take a break, but very, very quickly, uh, the part that I'm confused about, you said, and I may be wrong, that you are going to raise taxes on large businesses, but if you want to attract large businesses to the city, doesn't that seem counterintuitive? No. Check this out. 70% of corporations did not pay a corporate tax. <laughs> the state of Illinois, 70% of them did not pay a corporate tax. So what are we really talking about here? Are we talking about taxes or are we talking about safety? Because they're getting corporate tax breaks. In fact, the hotel tax that you raise, the state of Illinois has one of the highest um, tax rates for hotels anywhere in the, in, in the union, right? And so when we talk about the 65,000 people that are unhoused, of which 20,000 of people who do not have a place to lay their heads tonight, their children. We are going into spring break, and there are 20,000 children who do not have a place to lay their heads. We're talking to Brandon Johnson on WGN. You may have noted he's running for mayor for the city of Chicago. Guns, guns, guns everywhere. You know, Chicago has some of the toughest laws, Commissioner Johnson, but yet they are still here. They are being used every single day. I hear a newscast, TV, or this radio station, hold up, hold up, hold up. Lately, it's been convenience stores, but they're using guns. Any way to stop that? We don't, we're not enforcing the law. You know, we have red flag laws, and you're right, we do have them. We're not enforcing them, and part of it is we don't have a full public safety plan. I have one. Thousands of words uh, centered around making sure that we have a better, stronger, safer city. Look, I've had to change a window from one of the bullets that have come to my home. It's, uh, it's severe. It is, it, it, you know, the, the gruesomeness around gun violence in this city is, is it's absolutely horrific. It's why there's an entire office dedicated and fully funded. I have the support of the top legal officer in the entire state of Illinois, the Attorney General, Kwame Raul. And, you know, we put forth, you know, a strategic you know, operation around enforcing the red flag laws, making sure that we are implementing the consent decree and really having full collaboration with every single level of government, the state, the county, the federal government. As you know, we don't manufacture guns in the city of Chicago. Now, there are individuals who are inserting themselves into this race that are part of the manufacturing of guns. 
um, and, and those are the folks who are in opposition to me, right? And so, again, what we need to do in the city of Chicago is what our campaign has been doing. And that's been a collective response to all of the issues that we are confronted with right now, because it's really going to take all of us. No one by themselves will be able to handle the gravity of the challenges that we face right now. Many of these issues were created before I was born or when I was coming through high school. And so I'm glad to have the support of people who recognize the importance of making sure that we're getting guns off the street, like Congresswoman Delia Ramirez, Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky, you know, Congressman Jesus Garcia, Congressman that, Danny Davis. Okay, that last claim about guns, I, I, I'll let that go for now, because I, I, that cannot be substantiated right here, right now. But I will ask you this question involving that. We don't want to see what happened in Nashville and what's happening all over the country. School shooting after school shooting happen here. What would you do? You know, again, we have to make sure, look, as someone, let me just say this first. I'm a parent. I send my children to the Chicago public schools. It's something that I do think about every day. And that's why I said before the break, who has greatest incentive in this moment? Look, I believe that everyone's um, is disturbed and troubled by the level of violence. I'm just saying that I happen to live in a community where there is a greater tendency for this type of outbreak to occur because of abject poverty and disinvestment. In terms of what I will do, As mayor of the city of Chicago, again, we have to collaborate with every single level of government to make sure that guns are not flowing to the streets of Chicago. We have to enforce red flag laws. There are people who have guns that should not have them. You know, we also have to make sure that we are investing in mental health services. You know, you've seen the statistics of individuals who who engage in such heinous behavior and actions. These are individuals who are oftentimes mentally troubled and disturbed, and their services have been denied or they've never received them. Absolutely many, true. In about many instances, you actually see them give you a, a signal. I mean, in many instances, they post or they tell, right? And so we have to pay attention yeah. to the signs, right, and be proactive. And I will be as mayor of the city of Chicago. Absolutely true about mental health. Uh, but I believe that you are supportive of our state's attorney, who is generally these people and it's the judges as well the mayor's not responsible for this but they're back out on the street i'm talking about carjackers i'm talking about uh the the people that hold up other people on a nightly basis in the city on a tuesday night but they're back out wednesday morning we don't we don't solve crimes in the city of chicago um because we don't have enough detectives and we're not gathering enough evidence that's been demonstrated over and over again. It's why I'm the only person in this race who actually addresses that. That wasn't my question. Train, I, 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 I listen. Okay. I hear your question, okay. but you, you you have to give me an opportunity okay, go, go. to provide you with full context. Go. Right? Yep. The clearance rate, we're talking 5%. That, that, that's, that's detective work as well. You have to have the evidence. And so that's why I'm committed to training and promoting 200 more detectives so that every single entity that's responsible to bring criminals to account that everything is working in sync. This is not about blaming one person or two persons. This is all of our responsibilities. Look, I live in a city that I love. And so I'm not trying to obfuscate the question or the answer. What I'm simply saying is that it requires all of us to work collectively together 
to ensure that people don't get murdered or cars don't get jacked. And that in, in the event that cars do get jacked, that we deter it by making sure that we're solving the crime. That's what we have to do. And that's a collective response. So there is a connection between animal welfare, you heard me right, animal welfare and human welfare. I know that you visited the Anti-Cruelty Society fairly recently. Are you going to look at, and quick answer to this, please, are you going to look at Chicago Animal Care and Control and also consider what I just said? Yes and yes. It's a big deal to me. Um, I had a chance to visit, and I mean, there are so many different avenues in which we can provide healing and support. Um, by, you know, loving, you know, our animals and making sure that there's investments there and that there's real correlation between animal care and, and human care. I think it's a remarkable testament uh, to what souls bring to one another. And that's why I'm grateful to be a part of a movement that is concerned about the environment, the um, animals, the housing, education. It is truly a remarkable testament to how beautiful this city is. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm counting on the city of Chicago to punch five and vote for me, and I'm humbled by this. Okay, you you beat me to the next question. Uh, the League of Women Voters says they want an environmental town hall with the next mayor. Would you be con- consider participating in that? Yes, that's top of mind. This is something that's important to my wife and I. Um, environmental justice, you know, we put forth a, a Green New Deal uh, for air and for water. We know that in Austin, I talk about my neighborhood a lot because we're also a hotspot for environmental injustice, right? And so there's a lot of work to do. I'm going to pass a cumulative impact study just to confirm, again, where we need to appropriate our resources and services. And so I'm looking forward to working with the League of Women Voters because this is top of mind for me. A cleanest big city. We were considered such no more. We have 10 seconds for this answer. Mm. Could you ask that again? I want to make sure I understood your, sure. your question. What was sure. your question? It's about uh, Chicago being the cleanest city. We were considered the oh. cleanest big city. Not anymore. Do you intend yeah. to change that? Look, look, streets and sanitation and the, the quality of care that we have to offer to government is top of mind. I've said this repeatedly. I grew up in a household with one bathroom, and it was 10 of us. So I am hypersensitive to cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't grow up in that household. Brandon Johnson, you said press what? What number? Hey, Punch 5, Chicago, let's come alive. All right, very good. Hey, listen, man, I appreciate your time. I love you, Chicago. The people of Chicago are wonderful. It is truly an inspiration to see so many people come together around my candidacy. And thank you for the time. I can't wait to come back once I'm elected. You bet. Thank you very much, Commissioner Brandon Johnson.